In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hey there, we hope you're all doing great. Drew Doherty here for In the Lab with my good pal, John Harris. We do this every week, every Tuesday, rain or shine, off season or regular season. Took a break there right after the season ended, but John, it's good to see you today. It was going to be a fun one. First things first, though, how are you? Uh, doing okay, man. Just uh, trying to take uh, life one step at a time. Uh, obviously, we know what's uh, happening in, in, the, in the United States and the world. It's, it's kind of wild times, and, um, you know, that's been – it's kind of been tough to, to watch from afar and actually not even really afar watch right happen right here in our own city. But, uh, yeah, um, my, my daughter um, had her – I'm trying to, th- trying to think of how to say this. Because her graduation got pushed to July, okay. high school graduation, um, which I have a question for you kind of based on that, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay, looking forward to that. But she had, um, she had her last day of school. So they basically had, they're going to have they had two ceremonies. One is going to be the official graduation. That's going to be moved in July. Pop and circus, and all that. This last Friday, the day they were actually going to graduate, they created, which ended up being really, really cool. And you know how teenagers are. They're very cynical. And I remember my daughter first heard about this. She's like, ah, that's going to be terrible. And so basically what we did is everybody got in a car, got in their cars, decorated their cars. And then they drove kind of through the school. And the teachers all were outside and all clapping. And windows were all down. They could wave to their teachers and everything. It turned into a really, really cool kind of outdoor party to celebrate the end of actual school and they'll have their graduation ceremony in july july 25th um and so it was really neat to have that but it was just kind of odd and i know you're going through this now you know you take your kids to school i took my to my yeah we did we did their the twins just had their seventh birthday and that's how they had they had the same birthday as two other kids in their kindergarten class now they're in first grade but yeah four of them we combined and last friday they had like a drive-by, like what you're talking about. Yeah. And I saw there's a junior high up the road, and they did something like that for their eighth graders a couple weeks right. back. So yeah, it's that's kind of that's kind of become the common thing this May, this June. So yeah, it's and weird. It's weird. It's been it's been kind of interesting to see. You know, I know Needville. They they did a graduation, a socially distanced graduation. Um, I think I saw Langham Creek. Um, did a graduation, um, a socially distanced graduation a couple days ago. Yep. I know back in Jacksonville, the school that I used to coach at, I know they did one as well. So there were, I, I know at our, at our school, they, they contemplated what they should do. And they just felt like, you know, going back in July, that might be a good thing. You know, kids for the summer are gone. They get a chance to see everybody one last time before they go off to college and thought that would be the way to go. So we still have that to look forward to in July. So I'm kind of excited about what that's going to be, but man, it was just really, you know, the, the thing about the, the whole car driving thing is it was the same path that I've taken my daughter from time she was in first grade. She's a lifer at that school. She started mm. first grade, went all the way through her senior year. And so I've driven her on that path for years. Same path. Same path. Think about that since 2008. Yeah. And uh, the same time. path the whole time. And um, so there was this moment where they, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but they all got out of the car at some point and they all just had, they really hadn't seen each other. 
So they all kind of went to the football field and kind of hung out on the football field together, which I didn't have any problem with. I'm like, look, just, you know, she had a mask on, they all had masks on. They, so they get back to the car. And so we're going around. And so I would normally pick my daughter up from school. And so the, the path that I would go, I would always get to a point where she would want to know where I was. And so I would always text her back when I was in line in the car line back by the football field. So we were in the car and there was kind of a jam up of cars, a log jam of cars. And so I just texted her, I'm back by the football field, just so you know. And she picked up her phone when she heard the thing, dang it. She looked at it and I just was trying to be funny. And she literally just started bawling and like, Oh my God, that was so sweet. And I just didn't, I didn't get it at first. And I was like, that was what I always would text her. And like, that's a memory of hers. And it was just uh, yeah. kind of interesting. Cause I've always been on the other side of that. Oh, you know, I, you know, drove to school, with my dad, and, you know, I used to tell him how, you know, boring it seemed maybe, but it was always something I would remember I was driving to school every day with him. And so now I was doing it, but she was on the other foot. Now I was the one, well, I was always driving. I just had to drive my dad and I had to drive her <laughs> drive me. And when somebody drive Miss Daisy at some point, <laughs> as opposed to that. So, yeah, it's been kind of kind of crazy times and kind of exciting times, and we'll see um, where we go, and hopefully um, we'll get this football season started sooner than later. And that's a perfect segue because as it's scheduled now, if everything holds according to what we think it might, don't know that it will, but if the Texans open on Thursday night football, it's amazing. Over the last three weeks since the schedule came out, I've had a chance to talk with a few players that their interviews have gone on Zoom, and we put them up on the site. And I've also been a part of some corporate things where they'll have a player on with maybe a sponsor and some of their customers and we'll do yeah. a Q&A and, and some of the sponsors will get to ask some questions of the players. So all told, I probably talked about eight or nine different guys, both sides of the ball, special teams as well. Hey, which game are you most excited for on the calendar? That's kind of been a common question of mine, common question of a lot of these people watching, a lot of these customers, every single one of them without exception has said the Kansas City game. And normally you're going to get that no matter what because it's the first game and a lot of guys don't look past the next game because right. that's, the, you know, the first game is the next game. But the reasons for it, that's usually the reason. The reasons for it this time is the bad taste that, is, that was left in their mouth and the idea that they don't think that was a representative game of who the Texans are. Now, none of them said we should have blown them out, we were going to smoke them, blah, 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 blah. But they just know that they beat them in the regular season and they had a 24-point lead that you can't give up. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's inexcusable, even against that great team led by Mahomes. So it's interesting hearing from Laramie Tunsil, from Colin Gillespie, yep. to all these other – Titus Howard, they all want a piece and are looking forward to playing Kansas City. None of them are guaranteeing victory, but they just know that what they're going to put on the field is more representative of who they are than what we saw last of them when Kansas City went on a 51-7 to run. So it's, it's going to be a long time until September 10th if that happens. Yeah. But it's going to be a short time too. And you know those guys, they're going to be amped up for the first game of the season no matter what. But it's going to be amped up a little bit more this time around, John. Yeah, you know, there's a couple things I go back to. And, you know, I've said this often you know, injuries are never going to be an excuse. But when you think about our physical well-being going into that game, you're playing without a couple of safeties. You're playing without Titus Howard. J.J. Watt had only had one game back. So you were not 
Jordan Akins did not play in that game. So you were down to, you know, just having. He's one of the guys I've talked with who said that. Yeah. Who wants to play. Yeah. yeah. So we were not a healthy team. Now, look, Chris Jones didn't play for them, but they had everybody else full go. Um, and, and that was it. And, you know, I got to think about this, Drew. This is one of the things about that game that, you know, people talk about, you know, having the 24 nothing lead. And, look, the Texans didn't, you know, they had one long drive. And then they blocked the punt, and then they got the fumble, and that got them a 21 nothing. But then they had another long drive that ended up in a field goal. So they had two long drives. But to get that 28-point to 28 point lead, or to get that 28-point run, if you think about it, the Chiefs had a short field after a long kickoff return. They had a short field after the fake punt. They had a short field after the fumble kickoff. And the only drive they really had at the end of that first half was the one to when it was 24-21, and they go down and make it 28-24 when Patrick Mahomes was almost beyond the line of scrimmage, which would have pushed them back, would have been a loss down. They would probably maybe had to kick a field goal, who knows. But, you know, if you go in the half tied at 24 as opposed to down 28-24, how do you think about that game a little differently? And beyond that, what happens if you do get it 24-24 and then Kaimi does make the field goal at the end of the half and makes it 27-24, you got the lead. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Listen. That was a Chiefs day. They got it rolling. And then, the, of course, the question would be, well, what happened in the second half? It really was nothing but – there was really nothing but the Chiefs in the second half. It was half a tidal wave of Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, it was just an absolute but, right. crushing tidal wave. But to get back in that game, they had a bunch of short fields that really got them going in the right direction. Either way. But you're right. In the second half, just really couldn't get much of anything going. And to me, I feel like – say what you will about the Chiefs' defense. It really wasn't until that second half – where the Chiefs' defense, I think, took a step forward, not only just in that game, but just overall. I felt like the Chiefs' defense all year was vulnerable. But I thought the best that it looked all year was in that second half. And then I think that bled through the Titans game. I think it bled through on into the Super Bowl, where they played very well. But I know we've all talked about this game as, you know, rip the Band-Aid off, it's week one, you're going up there, it's going to be a big celebration, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the, the fact that this, these players are looking at it as, you know, we didn't really show them the real Texans. We're going up there to show them the real Texans. That's, that fires me up. I mean, instead of like, okay, well, you know, I, I think a lot of people thought about the, it, last year the same way. Like, oh, we're going to New Orleans Monday night. All right, rip the bandit off. We got to take Drew Brees in the first game. And then you walk out of there going, dang it, sure won a game. Yeah. And hopefully this one will go the other way that, hey, you know, let's rip the bandit off. But, Let's go compete. Let's go knock these guys out, man. Let's go make a statement. I think the one thing, Drew, kind of along those lines that I, I've read it multiple. In fact, I read Peter King's power rankings heading into the year. I've seen two at a minimum, Peter King's being one. There could be a third one. I'm trying to remember where I saw that one, the third one. But I've at least seen two with power rankings, which don't mean a lot because you play this thing out, not like in college football. But then the Texans ranked – 21st or lower and I'm like okay I get the fact that there's no you know DeAndre Hopkins is gone but other than that what's different tell me what's different you still have an elite quarterback you still have an elite quarterback and that masks a lot of flaws and I'm not saying there are necessarily a lot of flaws for the Texans there could be There, there could be uh but having him is such an equalizer slash booster for things and it's 
to put the Texans 21st when you have that guy quarterback just seems a little foolish to me. And we still haven't really heard much of much from him about this Kansas city game coming up, but you know, you know, the motivation's there for him. You know what his track record is in prime time. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what this offense looks like with another cohesive offensive line that's coming back. Because he and Tunsil, Watson and Tunsil have been working out together and talking a lot together. They're at the Pro Bowl together. I I talked with Titus Howard last week, and he's pretty excited too. Hasn't been fully cleared physically, but it's it's still early June. Don't need to worry about that. When that that left-to-right combo, that quintet of Tunsil, Sharping, Martin Fulton, and Howard, when they started together, there were six games they started together. They were five and one in those games. Yep. A few of them, Howard was still playing on a bum knee because he injured the knee in the start at Kansas City, which the Texans yep. wound up winning. Missed two games, came back in London. Texans win that one. Texans lose to Baltimore. He comes back and plays the next week against the Colts, and, and that was it for him. So what's it look like with a healthy, relatively speaking, Howard and the rest of those four? I, I'm excited, and, and it's another season – of Deshaun Watson, because this time a year ago, he'd only started, what, 16, 23 games? Now he's got almost 40 games of starts under his belt. That's a lot more NFL experience in, in the, uh, the old processor up in, the, in between the years, you know? Yeah, the, the, I think, I think you, you hit on it. I mean, he's the kind of guy that seemingly each week, from week to week, you can see the changes. I mean, you could see it in 2018, just – you know, things that happened in week two, he made adjustments by week four. In particular, you know, at the end of the game against Tennessee, you know, kind of lost track of time, ended up not getting off a game-time field goal attempt. But in overtime – or uh, yeah, in overtime, he's well aware of what they can do, gets them all set up, gets the, the completion, spike, field goal, win the game. I mean, you can just see those changes. And obviously from year to year, you can see those changes. But, I, you know, so I just it, – it's just sort of maddening to see – and, and the way that Peter King wrote, and this, this, this struck me even more so, when, when people are doing these power rankings, they're assessing the Texans without J.J. Watt. And I get it. J.J.'s been banged up. Like, I get that. But they, they're like, well, without Watt, they're the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but no, but they, but they have Watt. Yeah. So – why are you not assessing this defense with Watt? Like, when it has Watt, what does the defense look like? Oh, but, but he's not – no, but he is. And, yeah, I know he's been banged up. Like, I get it. I understand. I mean, <laughs> we've had to watch those games. And yet, in, three, in those three years, 16, uh, 17, and 19, the Texans made the playoffs two of those three years. And what's so, it look like? what's it look like with him healthy? And how does that affect – Whitney Merciless, because we saw what it did in the first part of the right. last, last season. Right. What's that do for Jacob Martin, who exactly. we still think is an ascending player, a young guy who right. really flashed some, some talent there as the season wore on. I mean, what's, he, what's his presence, Watt's presence in the lineup do for those guys? I think there's, there's many, many questions to ask. Yeah. I, can't wait. I, I just can't wait for September 10th, knock wood that it happens. Yeah. I can't wait for that to come. Yeah, I mean, you're involved. exactly right. But I, I just – I think I think that the frustration for me, Drew, is just seeing people assess this team like, okay, we well we know it doesn't have Hopkins. Okay, I, I get that, but DeAndre Hopkins worth three or four wins? No, the only player that's worth that is your quarterback. So yeah, I, I understand that you know Deshaun was hurt in seventeen, but 
you know, people aren't looking at the Texans going, well, if Deshaun, you know, is hurt, okay, um, well, don't look at J.J. that way. Like, I know he's been banged up. I know that he missed time in 16 and 17, and he missed time uh, this past year in 2019. Like, I get it. He's getting up in, in years a little bit. But he's, he's healthy, and at that point, I'm going to assess this team with you. And if this team has J.J. Watt, it's a completely different team. So I, I understand, but it just feels as though people, national people, national analysts, and just analysts in general assessing this team, like, well, what if JJ's not? No, but JJ is. Let's handle the part of JJ's not here when JJ's not here, yeah. if he's not here. And I, and, and I just, I don't understand that because I've talked to multiple people. I, in fact, heard from multiple people that know other people. Um, you know, Chris, Chris Ballard, even though the Texans beat the Colts, I'm sorry, even though the Texans lost to the Colts in Indianapolis week, uh, whatever it was last year, week seven, all, all Ballard apparently could do after the game was talk about J.J. Like, my God, he's so good. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for J.J., I mean, who knows? But um, what, what Brissett would have done that day. But J.J. was brilliant, even to a point where Peyton Manning, who did his show Detail, was, was focused on Jacoby Brissett that week, kept talking about why. I mean, I watched the 25-minute episode and probably seven, eight minutes of it were spent talking about J.J. Watt. He was that good. So if he's there, okay, if I can tell you, and you can't guarantee, but he's here, so let's assess this team for him being here. Yeah. Not anticipate him being injured, even though, yeah, that has happened. But even when he's been injured two of those three years, and Texas still made the playoffs. So let's take that for what it's worth. All right. And let's take yeah. off the next Tuesday. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just had to vent a little bit. Oh, I, that's what we do here on In the Lab. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Well, all right. You be safe. Talk to you again very, very soon. This has been in the lab. And hey, uh, give us, a, send us a tweet at Doherty Drew at Jay Harris Football and uh, tell us which game you're looking forward to most in 2020. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you and we love the interaction. Until then, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>